Good morning. Glad to be in our service today. Let's stand together as we begin this morning. I just want to remind you what nursery is starting back uh, through Sunday. So if you would like to take use uh, the nursery for your child or infant, uh, the nursery is back here down the hallway on the right there. We serve a great God, don't we? I just want to lift him up. Lord, we bless you. We praise you, oh God. We magnify you. Lord, we thank you for your blessings, Lord. We lift you up today. Let's lift him up together today, church. Let's sing this. this morning. Amen. So good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. First time guests, welcome to Gantpill Church of God. And if you're a second time guest, welcome. If you're a third time, if you've been here for 30 years, welcome to Gantpill. There's one thing we have around here, a policy, and it's called It's All About Jesus, and that's who we're here to worship today. So let's get on the same page. Let's give him the glory, the honor, the praise, because he is the one that is definitely worthy of all of those things. It's good to be back with you. I've been gone for a little while, so I'm excited to be back with you this morning. Got a few announcements that we'll do some updates on. 
We've got the phase two begin date has been moved due to the delay of shipment of the seating. Surprise, surprise, isn't that everywhere? Uh, and everywhere that you go, this is what you're dealing with. So our services will just continue to go as usual. So just come to the sanctuary until I instruct you to do differently. As of now, the begin date is scheduled for August 22nd, which means on the 21st of August, we would transition to the gym. But like I said, that's not concrete. But each week, I'll get up and give you an update as I get updates. Also, next week is the date set for cancel election. So if you are willing to serve or wanting to submit your name, submit it to myself or Miss Sandra Mickler, uh, our administrative assistant, do that today. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, today. That's not tomorrow, next week. That is today. So if you want to be submitted, please, today, get that done for those that are serving. Thank you. Thank you to those that have served, which we'll honor later on, but also thank you to those that are feeling the call to come on and are willing to serve as well. August 24th at 12 noon, Gap Widows meeting. Summer's last hurrah is what I've been told to say. I think that's what they're calling it. All I know is there's food, fun, games, prizes, and Bible study. So it's going to be really fun. And also, throw me those hats, honey. Uh, I've got three new hats. We were unable to get the old ones. Some of you guys have been asking me for hats. And uh, they're only $20 each. And uh, this is my cut to the marketing part of the service. These are a beautiful brown khaki back. This is for the guys. I mean, if you girls want them, I don't care. You can buy those too. But just in case you want the ponytail ones. I had some of you ladies that told me when I was selling the other ones, where's my hat at? Here they are. So at the back, I'm going to get Bryce or some of my young people to help me. They'll have the boxes. And after service on the front porch, and if you want them, uh, that's all you got to do. So run and see them. Just take those for me, Pastor B. And um, I got a few prayer requests. Go ahead and pray for me. I uh, play for me, Sandra. We're going to go to prayer before we move on with the service today. Eddie, it's so good to see you, the Moody family, with us today. Uh, we want to continue to pray for them in the passing of Sister Bonnie, our dear member, Sister Bonnie. Pray for this family today. Uh, it is also Frankie Masters who is here today, so we give God honor for that. She had a little close call, but uh, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Everything worked out perfectly. She's able to be with us today, so we honor them and thank God to see them today. We've got also Martha Duncan, um, Maddie, which is Frankie's sister. She is still in rehab requesting prayer. We have several losses, Pastor Tony Edwards' family, the loss of their grandson Gibbs also. They need our prayers of strength and encouragement. Also for the Sarah Jones family, Lisa Finley's uh, mother, the passing of her. Rosemary and Louis Addison family. Um, Louis is still struggling and being uh, having sickness. Uh, they have gotten over COVID to my understanding, but he's still battling his sickness and needs a touch from the Lord today. Also for Miss Phyllis, she's here today, so it's so good to see you, Miss Phyllis. But prayers continued for strength and healing for our dear sister today. Father, we thank you for who you are. We praise you. Father, you have made all things. You have created all things. There is nothing, nothing that we even have today without you. You spoke it all into existence. You are a powerful God. You're a mighty Savior. There is nothing too hard for you. So today we give every request that we just spoke. Father, all the names we just named. All the families suffering from loss today. All of the families that are dealing with sickness today. 
We pray in Jesus' name that the Holy Spirit would speak to them today. Comfort, uplift, let them feel your mighty touch and your power. Not only for them, but for everyone in this service today. I am praying that the Holy Ghost would infiltrate this place. That you would begin to move Holy Spirit like only you can. Let us leave this place saying it was good, it was great to be in the house of the Lord. Let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. Let's stand back up together if you'd like. Lord, we bless you in this place. Lord, help us to give us, Lord, help us to praise with all this willing.
Lord Jesus. We lift you up. We glorify you. For there is none like you. You make all things new, oh God. We lift you. Any needs, oh God, you make new. Any situation, you make new, oh God. For you are creator of all. Hallelujah. Pray God come Turn this thing around God turn it around God turn it around, God turn it around. Calling on the name that changes everything. God turn it around, God turn it around, God turn it around. And all of my hope is in the name, the name of Jesus. And breakthrough will come, come in the name, the name of Jesus. I turn it around, God turn it around, God turn it around. Oh, sing it again, God turn it around, God turn it around, God turn it around, God turn it around. God, come, turn this thing around, God, turn it around, God, turn it around, God, turn it around, calling on the name, thank you, Lord, she changes everything, God, turn it around, God, turn it around. God, turn it around. And all of my hope is in the name, the name of Jesus. 
Praise the Lord. Can somebody in this house give Jesus a hand clap of praise and just give him worship right now? Hallelujah. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I want to get right into the word this morning. I am, therefore, I must. Can somebody say that with me? I am, therefore, I must. If you have your Bibles in the book of John's, where we're going to go this morning, the book of John, and I want to go to chapter 10, and I'm going to read verse 14 through 16. Praise the Lord. How many of you are glad to be alive today? Amen. God's good, isn't he? God's good. So good to see everybody. John chapter 10, let's go to verse 14 through 16. I'm excited about what the Lord is about to speak to us here in the service today. Jesus said in words of bread, I am the good shepherd. Did y'all catch that? There's two words you're going to hear a lot today, and that is I am and I must. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And I know about the sheep. He says, I know my sheep. And I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also, are you ready? I must bring and they will hear my voice. And there will be one flock. And there will be one shepherd. Can you say amen to the reading of the word today? I am, therefore, I must. When we begin to understand the concept of these two terms, it literally becomes powerful in our life. When we take these two words and we begin to recognize what they mean, their definition, and how they relate to our lives, our lives become, become full of power. And anointing and the spirit. You can't help but deal with these two topics here. And not feel something swelling up inside of you. As the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you about these things. The first term would be I am. Does everybody understand what I am deals with? I am deals with simply who we are in Jesus Christ. Who we are in Jesus Christ. Now, that may not seem very exciting, but it's very exciting to think of who we are in Jesus Christ. A matter of fact, if we were to look at that, we would be able to say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It is not of my own righteousness. My own righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of God. It is not anything that I have done to deserve God. It is not any works in my flesh that I am able to, to, to work up in order to earn the grace of God or the righteousness of God. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with me. I have been made righteous in God by the Lord Jesus Christ. So outside of Jesus Christ... There is no righteousness. There is no salvation. There is no right way of living. There is no compass. There is no law. There is no standard by which you and I are to live without Jesus Christ in the mix. Jesus Christ changed and changes everything. Understand with me about this Jesus. See, He's given me my identity. And today I can speak to you that I am born again. 
Not like Nicodemus who said, how can I be born again? How can I enter into my mother's womb a second time and be born again? And Jesus said, you don't understand. I'm not talking about the flesh here. I'm talking about something that takes place in the spirit. It is a change of the old man and you become new when you come to Jesus Christ. Understand today, my identity. I stand before you today. I am born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. I have been made righteous or justified. I stand here today to declare to you, I am on my way to heaven. And I'm so glad. I am here to declare to you today that that is settled. There is nothing you can do to change that. No man can pluck me out of the Father's hand. There is nothing you can do to change my standing with Christ. No matter how much you may dislike me today or how many enemies I may have. There is nothing that they can do away with the fact that I am born again. I am on my way to heaven. Jesus Christ has saved me. That is settled. The devil would love to change it. But the devil doesn't have the authority to do this. He cannot just take away your identity in Jesus Christ. It's your I am. Oh, praise somebody ought to say amen. I'm going to try my best to be a good boy today, alright? So once you figure out your identity in Christ, there's something even greater that God had in mind for you when He saved you. I promise you there is nobody sitting on the pew today that Jesus came and changed your life just so you could continue to sit on the pew. Jesus has saved you to be world changers. Jesus has saved you so that when the enemy in hell rises up against us, the church of Jesus Christ will say enough is enough. In the middle of a culture that is wine bags and we always have to give them pacifiers and give them bottles like babies or we offend them, it is time for the church of Jesus Christ to be the church of Jesus Christ and stand up and say enough is enough, thus saith the Lord. It is who we are. We cannot change that identity. It has become part of our DNA. But I am therefore. See, the therefore is an attachment word. Can we call it that? So since I am, therefore, I must has been attached to my life. So if I am, then I'm attached to I must. Now, whenever we read the Apostle Paul here, you could read it in 1 Corinthians 15, and I won't for time's sake. But this is what he said. He said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Sometimes I like to whisper under my breath and say, and that's enough. There's people that want you to be anything and everything for them. I'm done with that. I can't do it. I am what I am by the grace of God. And guess what, honey? That is enough. It may not be enough for you. It may not be enough for the world. But for Jesus Christ, I am standing in Him in righteousness. I am saved. I am born again. It is enough. Am I perfect? Of course not. Do I make mistakes? Of course I do. More than I would care to mention. But I know that I am what I am by the grace of God Almighty. 
It is intimidating when we think as a pastor and we look at old preachers. You know, I think of old Smith Wigglesworth. He was a great preacher. I was telling somebody about him just last, uh, I guess it was Wednesday we were talking. And this guy would have people come to him with ulcers or tumors rather of, of, of cancers. And it was crazy because he, he was so unorthodox because he would literally like just punch people in the stomach and tell them to be healed. And I mean, it was crazy because these things were being healed. And people were like, how does he do that? I mean, it... It's a little intimidating when you read about a guy like that, that that used to go into the woods and had a tree and there was a hollow tree and it was said of Smith Wigglesworth that he would go into that tree and for hours, sometimes all day long, he would stay in that tree just talking to God. (laughs) That's intimidating. But you know what I'm figuring out? I am what I am by the grace of God. And what I've learned about this thing is this. If God wanted Smith Wigglesworth to be the pastor of Gap Hill Church of God 2022, guess who would be in this pulpit? Smith Wigglesworth. But guess what God chose to do? This is one time we can say we don't understand God. Because he didn't choose Smith Wigglesworth. He chose Jimmy Wayne, that's right, that's my middle name, and I hate it, don't ever call me that, or we're going to be on the outs. Not John Wayne, Jimmy Wayne Purdue Jr. to be in this pulpit today, and even though I may be intimidated by some of these preachers, I think, well, they could do so much better, but I had the whisper under my breath, I am what I am by the grace of God, and that's enough. I wasn't born for the great awakening. That's not when God needed me. I was not born to ride beside uh, the circuit rider preachers, John and Charles Wesley, with a horse and go in like a cowboy and preach the gospel. That's not what God raised me up for. But I am what I am today, and I'm here today, and it's the same way with you. God has chosen you for this generation to be a voice in these last days. And quite frankly, if they knew some of the mess that we were dealing with nowadays, they might be glad they're going on to heaven, I believe. And then he says these words, I am, so I must. There is an I must that is attached to every individual in this church today. A matter of fact, let me tell you what the I must is. The I must is why you were born today. It is God's will for your life. It is God's plans for you. I don't care who you are. There's an I must all over you. I don't care if there's a person here today that has not come, is yet to come to Jesus Christ. And find your identity in Him. I want to tell you, God already has an I must all over your life. He's just waiting for you to find your identity in Him. And then He's going to get the working in you to bring about the I must in your life. Because there's not a soul in this building today that God doesn't want to use. That God doesn't want to bless. That God doesn't have a will for, a plan for this I must. is why I am born. But you will never know the I must fully until you first determine the I am. And figure out your identity in Jesus Christ. Understanding the I am means that you understand who you are in Christ. Your identity comes from Him. Your identity does not come from what other people said about you. Your identity does not come from your parents that said, boy, you'll never amount to anything. That is not your identity. That's not what God says about you. Mm -mm. 
Your identity is not what the devil calls you. Anybody had the devil try to bully him lately? He tries to bully me all the time. He calls me names. That's right. He tells me I'm not good enough. He tells me this and that and the other. And he tries his best to discourage me. He tries to tell me people think things, ways about me that really they don't. But I always go back and just tell him you're a liar. And the father of all liars, that is not who I am in Christ. You might as well shut up, old man. I am not defeated. I am not downcast. I am victorious in the name of Jesus Christ. My identity has not been formed by the devil nor by other people. My Lord, we've got people today that are confused about their own identity. Who would have ever thought we'd have had personal pronouns? Who would have ever thought we'd have seen a day when we got people coming in the workplace and I'm looking at a male named Brian and saying, Hey buddy, what's your personal pronouns? What do you prefer? Who would have ever thought we'd have been there? But we are there. Do you know why? Because they haven't found the I am yet. The I am that I am, Jesus Christ. And he's given them the I am in their life, the purpose, the identity in their life. They're confused right now. But when they come to Christ, let me tell you something, honey. They ain't going to have to look for a personal pronoun anymore. They'll know whether they're male or whether they're female. They won't have to be told by a shrink or anybody else. Because their identity is in Jesus Christ. I mean, sometimes I even get confused. And I'm saying things about myself. But God says, that is not. You've got to stop that. It is your identity in Jesus Christ. It comes from Him. Your I am determines your I must. Listen, God hasn't called you to be anyone else. God doesn't want you to be anybody else. Stop trying to mimic other people. Be yourself. That's what God wants for you. Be yourself. Don't try to preach like other people. Don't try to do it like other pastors. Jimmy, be Jimmy. Some people will like it. Some people will hate it. But guess what? I am what I am by the grace of God. And that's enough. And the same goes for you. You're not going to please everybody. Everybody is not going to like you. Everybody's not going to give you an applaud and stand up when you walk in the room. Some people are going to hate your guts. But you, as long as you know your identity in Christ. And you're doing what you're supposed to do. You can just say, you know what? It don't even bother me today. I ain't even going there. I am victorious in Christ. Jesus is 12 years old. Everybody with me? 12 years old. He is literally still in our kids' children church out there. I'm just trying to put this thing into perspective. He's just coming out of kids' church. 12 years old. He gets lost in the temple. His parents cannot find him. When they finally find Jesus, I mean, wouldn't you freak out if you were a mother and your, your daughter or son just took off and for hours you're looking for him? I mean, when I got to him, I'd be like, listen here, you are on restriction, right? You are so busted, just wait till we get home. In this case, I wouldn't even wait until I got home. We would pass judgment right then and there. But when they finally find Jesus, they asked him, Jesus, why did you do this? We've been looking everywhere for you, young man. To which he came back with a profound answer. And he said in Luke 2, 49, he said, I must. I must be about my father's business. 
Because of who I am, I must. Are y'all still with me today? Oh, Jesus, have mercy. How do you respond to that? He already knew that there was divinity attached to him. He already knew there is a divine purpose in my life. There is one thing he's passionate about. One thing that is literally his obsession. He eats, sleeps, and drinks it. It is his purpose for being here. It is his I must. And what was it on this earth? It was our salvation, ladies and gentlemen. It consumed him. He could have walked away from it. But guess what? In the Garden of Gethsemane, he kept praying until his sweat became as great drops of blood. The weight was so heavy on him. He told him, he said, I could call 12 legions of angels, but I must. I must lay down my life for the sheep. And that is exactly what Jesus did. Listen to me, folks. You may have had a hard life and you may have been through some tough things. But I want to tell you something. You may feel like nobody cares. But when you get to that place, I want you to think about the Lord Jesus Christ. If there's ever been anybody that loved you, Jesus loves you. If there's ever been anybody that can change your situation and turn it around as our brother just saying, Jesus can do that for you. He knew his identity. He knew his purpose. Your I am is always Attached to therefore, I must. I am a preacher. I didn't get called by my mama. I got prayed for by my mama. I did not get preacher called by my mama. I did not get called by my daddy. He didn't even pray. I didn't get called by some church of God guy that took me under his wings and said, Come on, young man, we're going to make a preacher out of you through mentorship. Never had any of that. But I am a preacher. And I know that. That is my identity. I don't need somebody to tell me I'm called to preach. I don't need somebody to pat me on the back and say, you're doing a good job and that's the only reason I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I know my I am. So when I attach that to it, I say, I am a preacher. Therefore, I must. I must preach. See, there's some of you, if you could just figure out who you are in Christ... The capabilities that are inside of you that are waiting to be unlocked. The great things as Dr. Seuss taught us years ago. The great things you would do and the great places you would go and the things you would see. If we could only get you to recognize that it is all locked up inside of you. And once you figure out who you are in Christ, all of a sudden you're going to be saying, I must preach. I must teach. I must do this. I must do that. Whatever the must is in your life, you have got to do it. Understand with me, I can't tell you yours. But this I must moves us from being to doing. It moves us from just I am. See, there's some people that want the title. They just don't want to do anything. Oh, that would preach, but uh, should I even try? I got a title. I am. Well, what do you do? Well, really nothing. I just am. 
You get into action when your I must is being revealed in you. Your I must, it moves you from the complacent to the compelling. That means you move from a place of just sitting on a pew, being comfortable until you start doing the work of God and you literally become irresistible to people. They want to be like you. They want that same anointing. They look at you and they admire you. They can't resist being around you. You're like a magnet to them. When you get an I must, you realize that you have been gripped by something that is bigger than yourself. I'm going to tell you something. The greatest job on the earth is the job that has been given to everyone that claims they're a believer. It's the highest honor in all the world to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. It is the greatest movement the world has ever known. It's not MAGA for you political people out there. It's the Christian church that is the greatest movement this world has ever seen and ever will see. If there is anything that the church should do, we should rise up. There is a great commission all over our life. This thing is bigger than us. I mean, when we begin to grab a hold of the great commission, we understand it is so much bigger than this church. This church is just a a drop in the bucket. To the mission field I have out there. So until the church can move past just us. And we begin to realize look at the harvest. My goodness. Look at a community around us. It's not that big. But it's still a community. Look at where you live. There's people that don't go to church. Never do. The harvest is great. But it's the problem is the workers in the field that's the issue. I wish God would give some of us an I must today that would say, my goodness, because of who I am in Christ, I must witness. Because of who I am in Christ, I must tell somebody about Jesus. Because of who I am, my God, I've got to tell somebody. See, understand with me, I'm going to show you this. God's plans for you are so much bigger than you can imagine. But if you can dream bigger, God can do greater. Sometimes we just dream too small. God wants to take a little six-mile South Carolina. And He wants to set this place on the revival fires. He wants the Holy Spirit to blaze so much that not only will this community know it, but the Facebook world will go crazy. Other counties will go crazy because of what God is doing in His church. If you believe God can do it, would you give Him a hand clap of praise in this house? I I, got to hurry. I got to hurry. I'm going to move on down. I've got more stuff, but I'm going to go on. In John 4, 4, there's a scripture. It's very interesting. It says Jesus needed to go to Samaria. Notice, he didn't just go anywhere to preach. Jesus wasn't a guy that basically got called or invited. It wasn't like me saying, hey, Jesus, would you come over and do a revival for us? Jesus was the type guy. He'd just show up in a town. And start preaching in the street. That was his ministry, right? He's like a circuit walking preacher. He walks everywhere he goes. He's got 12 disciples. But one day, he looked at them and these are the words that he said to them. He said, I must. Something is stirring inside of me. I must go through Samaria. 
To which the disciples said, Jesus, we don't have any bookings over there. Why are you going over there? It is literally from A to B. Samaria is up here. It is a 21 mile out the way of where we're trying to get. Why would you go there? And he just kept saying, I must go through Samaria. But Jesus, you don't understand who they are. Those people aren't Jew. They're not Gentile. They're the mixed breed. Thus, we don't have full Jew. We don't have full Gentile. They are called Samaritans. And they are a bunch of prejudiced people. And Jesus had to break the mold and say, This thing's bigger than just the Jews. This thing's meant for all nations. But, but, but I must go through Samaria. And when he gets there, what does he find? A woman at a well. He begins to witness to her, begins to talk about worship, and tells her, she says, where will we worship at? Some say we're worshiping on this mountain. Some are saying we're worshiping in the temple. And Jesus said, woman, there's a day coming when they will neither worship on this mountain, nor will they worship in the temple. But they that will seek to worship him will worship him right where they are, in spirit and in truth. He proceeded to tell her about her past. You've been a sinner. You've been wretched. You've been married multiple times. The person you're living with now is not even your own husband. You're shacking up. You talk about reading somebody's mail. I mean, how many of you feel if I, if I got up in your business, I'd be like, Scott, let me tell you what the Lord said. We don't like that. We'd be like, that's none of your business, preacher. Jesus just read it to her, but what he was doing was showing her his divinity, who he was, that he was the I am. And he wanted her to figure out her I am. And so through that, she found her identity. And she recognized the grace of God is enough. I don't need to be like anybody else. I don't have to go to, to, to school and, and go let them teach me how to preach. All I've got to do is drop this water bucket right here and right now. And I'm going to go into that city. And that's exactly what she did. That I must turn in the revival. Because she ran in and said, come see a man that told me everything that I've ever done. Surely this is the Son of God. I'm going to leave you with this. So sometimes you don't even know why you're doing what you're doing. Sometimes you may not even... You know that, that thing you can't shake? Has anybody ever had that thing in their life that you tried to shake it, but it came right back? Anybody ever been there? Has anybody ever had that burden that kind of came on their heart? And you thought, mm, I'll just ignore that. Push it to the side. We'll get... Put it on the top shelf, buddy. We'll, we'll let it get dusty. We'll go back to it later. But God puts it right back in your face. Puts that burden right back on you. And instead of getting lighter every time it comes on, it is heavier and heavier. You care about things other people don't care about. You feel urges for things that other people do not. You have a compassion for people that other people do not. Can I tell you what that is? Ladies and gentlemen. That is the Holy Spirit. And he is trying to tell you. The I must. That he has for your life. Don't ignore the I must. Because the I must. Is so powerful. Because God is orchestrating. Destiny in your life. Don't ignore it. It's an I must moment. Listen to that. 
Because God is trying to help you find your identity and to find your purpose in Him. Jesus said, look at Luke 4, 43. Look at this real quick. Luke 4, 43. But He said to them, are y'all ready? I must preach. He was a preacher. I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the towns as well. For what? I was sent for this purpose. Do y'all see that? The I must is always attached to our purpose. Jesus says, anytime you feel like I must do something, whatever that is, recognize the Holy Spirit is attaching purpose to your life. If you go to a job interview and there is something in you that is saying, you must take that job. I must take that job. Perhaps that's the purpose of God. Maybe, maybe there's something in you that says, I must help these people. They need somebody to help them. They're like sheep without a shepherd. I must do something. That's the Holy Spirit giving you your purpose. Maybe it's like me, I've waited to later in life, but I must get that education. Somewhere down the line, what God sees, it wasn't that I was just a little dummy. That's not what it is. He saw somewhere down the line that I needed that to connect to my I must. I may not understand it right now, but maybe one day I will. What I'm telling you is when God begins to move, God is saying, I must, I must, don't miss it. In Acts 27, play, Sandra, I'm closing. In Acts 27, 9 through 44, Paul gets into a storm. If we had to give it a category, it is a category five. Everybody with me? Worst storm they've ever seen. The boat and ship's rocking. The boat starts tearing apart. Now, <laughs> this is the funny part of the story. I'm sure Paul wouldn't agree with me. But the veterans, veteran sellers and the captain started throwing cargo over the side and confessing. And this is what he heard them say. We have no hope and we are going to die. <clears throat> if you're on a cruise ship, and your El Capite starts saying, throw your luggage overboard. You better get nervous. I mean, if they start saying, we're getting the life rafts ready on the side over here. Nobody freak out. You better freak out. The ship is going down. So when the veterans started saying, it's over. You're going to lose. The ship's going to break. We're going to die. Everybody's going to die. But the Bible said, but suddenly. That's my, that is my favorite word in all the Bible. Suddenly. Because that's the way God moves. Suddenly. God did it. Suddenly. suddenly. Other than the name of Jesus. Suddenly is my favorite word in all the Bible. But suddenly an angel came from heaven. And stood before Paul. And this is what he said to him. Fear not, Paul, for you must testify in Rome. 
know some of y'all ain't grabbing this today. I'm glad I did because I'm, I'm getting so blessed right now I could care less if you are. I'm just enjoying it. I'm having a ball. Paul, you must. When there is an I must attached to your life, the devil can do everything he wants. The storm can come against you. People can rise against you. They can tell you you're going to die and you're going to perish. But when God said you must, So Paul knows he's good. Y'all go ahead and run around like crazy people. It's all good. I I talked to an angel tonight. But all of a sudden, Paul says, well, Lord, you know what? He's empathetic. I'd have been just shouting and speaking in tongues and stuff. But Paul's more empathetic than me. And he says, Lord, what about the others on the ship? Man, he's a good man, wasn't he? He was worried about them. He said, what about the others? And God said, you can go tell them to. There will not be one person lost on that. The ship will be destroyed. Everything around you is going to crumble. All the plans that y'all had, they're going to shatter. But this I tell you, you will make it to the shore. And that night, that is exactly what happened. I need somebody to grab what I'm about to tell you. Your I must will always take precedence over your circumstance. Never forget, you are not in this alone. It is never by your might anyhow. It is never by your power. It is by His Spirit alone, says the Lord. The storm isn't going to kill you. It may shatter you. It may break you. But I'm telling you, there is an I must attached to your life. And I need you to understand, all the storm is doing is getting you to the place that you are meant to be. So that you can fulfill the Paul you must preach in Rome. Woo! Maybe today that I must. Maybe somebody said I must keep this marriage together. Maybe somebody said we must love one another as a church. Maybe somebody's saying today I must make God my number one. I put him on the back burner but today I must do this. I must releases his orders into your life. I'm closing. It shows you what's least important and what's most important. You gain perspective. When an I must has gripped your life, it shows you what you need to give your money to, your talent to, your giftings to. But when you have an I must, it literally will begin to overtake your life. But it's the reason God has you here in the first place anyhow. What is your I must today? What is your purpose? Why are you here? If you don't know, You need to ask God to show you. Paul was in the prison. The jailer sees that the doors have swung open. Everybody's about to escape, right? He grabs his sword. He says, I'm about to kill myself. I'm going to fall on my own sword, commit suicide, because if I don't do it, they're going to kill me anyhow. Which Paul would say, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's not... not, That's not your I must, man. God's got plans for you. It's not suicide. 
It's not to get out of the picture. It's not because nobody cares about me, so I'm just going to get out of here. There's, there's no reason for me to exist. No, 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 you've got it wrong. You just don't know your identity. You don't know who you are yet. You may think you're one thing. But when you become righteousness in Jesus Christ and understand He died for you so that you can be saved and He changes your life, you're going to figure out your identity. Don't fall on that sword. And what did the jailer look at him and say? He said, what must I do to be saved? Paul prayed him through. said, do you have a family? He said, yeah, I got a family. I I need to be baptized. Can you come baptize me? He went and preached to his family, got them saved, baptized all of them. The power of revival fell all around that house. They were chains and I must was attached to there I am. The disciples are sitting there with Jesus. He's been performing miracle after miracle. They walk up to him and this is what they say. What must we do to perform the works of God as you do? What must we do? Today, I guess what I'm trying to say, and and I'm going to leave you with this. I feel like what God is wanting us to ask today is what must I do for you, Jesus? There's two things we're going to deal with here. And let's stand. I'm closing. Get ready. There are two things we're going to deal with. The first thing I want to deal with is the I am. There are people in this building right now. You don't know who you are. You say, Pastor, I'm offended. Well, you'll get over it. You don't know who you are. All you know is what people have told you you are. You haven't haven't met Jesus yet. You haven't let Him speak over your life yet. You haven't let Him put purpose in your life yet. Now, if you just want to go through the flow and you just want to go through life, no purpose, no meaning, no feeling accomplished, just kind of let the tide roll in, then serving Jesus isn't for you. But if you want to be a life changer, and if you want to be a person that makes a difference in other people's life, And if you want to be the person that speaks life into people that don't yet know their identity yet, if that's who you want to be, then I encourage you today, come to Jesus and let Him tell you who you are. Don't listen to anybody else anymore. Your identity, true identity, can only be found in Jesus Christ. That's the first thing. The second thing, to every one of us that claim that we're children of God I need you to ask God what must I do you know your identity you should have you read your Bible your Bible tells you who you are you are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ your Bible tells you that you shall do this and that and the other you can pray and move heaven God tells you who you are You don't have to doubt that today. You don't have to question that today. I got a Bible full of things that say who I am in Christ. Not by myself. 
So today you don't have to feel intimidated or inferior. I'm not good enough. Really? Read your Bible for goodness sakes. You're more than good enough. It's not you anyhow. It's the grace of God working in you. But to every individual today that knows Jesus, we know the I am. I'm just trying to get you to figure out the I must. Because I'm telling you, God Almighty, there is potential in this house right here. And we have not scratched the surface of what God is calling in some of your lives. There are ministries in this church that have been on people's minds. They just haven't released it yet. Today's the day that you walk out saying, I am, therefore. I must. I can't wait any longer. I can't talk about it any longer. It is time for me to move out of the comfortable and the complacent into a place where I live under my convictions and I do exactly what the Spirit says to Eyes are closed. I, I really just want to have a moment here as our dear sister plays. First off, if you don't know Jesus, I want you to know Him. I want you to come right now. I don't care. Somebody said, well, somebody might see me. I could, hey, who cares? This is between you and Jesus. If you say, I need to know my identity, I want you to run to the altar right now. I want you to come. I'm not waiting long. I'm not going to sit here and beg. Either the Spirit has drawn you or He has not. If you feel good about walking away, if the Spirit of conviction is on you right now, then you be my guest and go out of those doors and walk on the blood of Jesus. That's between you and Him. And if you can feel comfortable doing that, then let me step back and let you do your thing. But if you can't feel comfortable knowing that a man named Jesus died for you so that you could be saved from hell, if you can feel that, I'm asking you, come on. Secondly, if there's anybody in this building today that you're saying, Pastor, I know my identity, I know who I am, but I need the I must in my life. I've been looking for it, I've been searching for it, I've been praying about it, I've had thoughts about helping other people. Things have birthed in my heart, but I've just pushed them back. But I want to start acting on these things. I need the I must. I want you to come. And that's all I'm going to say. And I'm going to open the altar. Brian, sing it. Give her a chance. All of my hope is in you, Lord. And all of my hope. If you want to pray, now's your moment. If you want to pray, now's your moment.